All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. You're done until the new year. You don't have to go back to work. Boom, except for tomorrow when I go back in for a second. Oh. I'm going to go back in for a second. Okay. I need to do some stuff, and but I'm not going to wake up early or anything. No. Well, congratulations. Especially after this podcast. Can we say that this is the podcast that we're okay with drinking a little bit more at because this is the first time we've actually done it? Yeah, you're always welcome to have like another drink if you want. Oh no, I I need you live to up set, the street. I need to set restrictions for myself. Oh, because otherwise I will get carried away. I remember that being a rule that you made yourself when we lived together in the valley. You said Thursday is the night you'll allow yourself to have more than one beer. Yeah, and why? Besides Thursday? the weekends. Yeah, okay. Because so on half, the weekends, so half the night. The weekends are like guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. But Thursday yeah. is. And you know what? I kind of inherited that from my other roommate, Wes, in the Valley when I moved in. And he was like, you know what? And I consider him to be a well-adjusted, good guy. Uh, and I kind of admire his outlook on life. Yeah. And I thought, cool. I'm not going to do uh, any other nights. Have I done nights since then? Yes, I have. Yeah, you've had but, the odd Tuesday. But not <laughs> the odd, but not like a, a heavy Tuesday. I don't know. You know what's crazy? What? The lot down the street... Yeah. Without giving away my address too much on our podcast uh, on the internet. Uh, five, six, seven, seven, fake street. Next to the convenience store at the bottom of this hill. Yeah. Uh, a local brewery bought that property and they're going to put in a friggin' tap room. Oh, man. So there's going to be a brewery. We're going to have a local haunt. Next door. Yeah. Well, you know, across the street from that. Have you been there yet? You have a little cafe down. Yeah. Yeah. Great spot. It's a good spot. And it's it fully is. licensed. Yeah, I know. That's that's tight. I know. Go there for brunch. Except don't you ever go to those little cafes where you get like a organic bagel and you're like, who comes in here and gets a Heineken? Yes. Who, who comes in here and orders a Bex? Well, yeah. Judging by their hours, it's kind of a weird thing. Right. Like, like you guys shut down at, at what is it? Like Six? 5 p.m.? Yeah. Six. Like, so who wants to be the guy sitting at the little table by himself working on his paper? Actually, that's a bad example because you deserve a beer if you're working on a paper. Yeah. But like who wants to be the it's asshole the working on his screenplay sitting in there? Uh, with with a beard like the guy from Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, um, jeez, uh, Justin Durant. No, Jimmy Durante is the Durante. he's the singer from Frosty the Snowman. R Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer, the the guy with who, with who licks his knife to see if it's gold. Oh, Corne uh Yeah, Cornelius. Yukon uh, Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> the guy working in the little cafe on his screenplay, looking like Yukon Cornelius. What a psychopathic move. <laughs> He's like running away from the abominable snowman and all of a sudden he just picks up his mallet and licks it and goes like, not gold. He is a crazy person. Yeah. By the way, without without uh, blowing our load, because we're going to get to that in the second half of the show, uh, he has a revolver. Did you notice he had a revolver? Yeah, he's packing heat. Okay. You tucked were, into the front of his hip pants. You and I both watched an old cut because it has since been changed to a machete knife. Oh. Because guns are bad, but machetes, machetes are Machetes cool. are a lot more wholesome. Yeah, that's right. They're more family friendly. Well, I was wondering why he didn't just shoot the humble bumble. <laughs> Would have solved a lot of their problems. Also, it hilarious that he was just calling it a bumble, and we were all supposed to get that that was like a shortening of abominable. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I, well, I'm assuming that's what yeah, the whole thing was. Now that I think about it. Okay, well, we'll get to that we'll later. We'll get there. We'll get there. You're right. Okay, we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks. There's, I feel like there's, there should be more things than there are to talk about. Um, 
a couple of heavy things. We'll get to that in a second. This is kind of cool because the Golden Globe nominations came out since our last podcast. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a lot of surprises like Maisel kind of cleans up. Right. Uh, First Man kind of cleans up more than you might expect. Vice has the most nominations of anything. But the weird sure. thing about Vice is the the reviews are proving that it's pretty polarizing. Oh, okay. So it's only got a 60-something on Rotten Tomatoes. People uh, either think it's like the second coming of film yeah. or they think it's like atrocious garbage i think because it's like farcical Mm -hmm. it's not really like a a cradle to to grave biopic right but i'm psyched yeah i am too i want to see that i can understand how it would be and i honestly don't think that it's going to win that many um awards it's in kind of a rough spot because there's like this amy adams is going to get nominated and not win again yeah i mean i don't know oh for Advice. Best supporting actress. I don't know who else is in the running, but I just feel like Lynn Cheney's not going to be the subject of best supporting actress yeah. Oscar. What do you think about um, Mary Poppins? Have you seen it yet? No, it came out yesterday. We're okay. going to go tomorrow night. Yeah. I'm pretty psyched about it. I, I told you in the last episode about how we rewatched the, the original the, Mary the Poppins, original. and it was just really wonderful. Did you see the Billy Eichner thing with Lynn Manuel Miranda? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. I don't think I've ever laughed harder at. Billy Agner, he was just on fire. Billy took me a little while to kind of get in the groove. Yeah. And then something clicked. Like when I first saw him, it was in that final season of Parks and Rec. And then mm. I had to like, I didn't really get him. I kind of thought he was like infiltrating the show that I loved. Yeah. And he didn't belong. And then I watched a bunch of Billy on the street, learned to love him. Yeah. And then I went back and I watched that final season of Parks and Rec. And, and he totally enhances a dying show. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what... It's not exactly what Jen said, but Jen, I remember not liking this man at all. Yeah. And then sh- me showing her clips of Billy on the street the other day, the Lin-Manuel Miranda ones, and she was laughing out loud. He just has a remarkable presence. I don't know how he, I don't know how he's capable of doing that without any shame, with like a complete uh, command of his brain. What I'm, what I don't know is what his day-to-day life is like. Well, have you ever heard him interviewed like on a podcast or anything? He was on Marin no. like a month ago, maybe. Yeah. And to hear him out of character. To is just be kind of normal. Really cool. Well, and he comes out of character a little bit to talk about politics. Like he was really big in the you gotta vote right. uh, period a couple of months ago. Yeah. Uh, on TMZ. Like, did you see that interview? Yeah, I did see that. But he was still like he was very pissed. like, he was like, basically what I'm going to say is you got to do it and you got to do it now. And there's no time like now because people are suffering. I got to get my car. See you guys. Yeah. People in the office people in the white house are literally the devil. And these are all things I totally agree with. There might be a government shutdown over the holidays. Wouldn't that be exciting? You know how cool it would be. This is not going to happen. Do you know how cool it would be if, uh, the, the president who's always going on about the war on Christmas, which doesn't exist, got indicted on Christmas Day. That would be amazing. How happy that would make me. Hashtag war on Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think anything is ever actually going to happen with him. I think I he's going to get voted out in the first I, term. Yeah, I was listening to, to Pod Save America the other day, and they made a, a point, which you I think... listen to that. I love that podcast. Do you love it? It's so good. I it's find, how I get all my information now. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting way to do it. They're just really funny. That's they're, good. They're, That's good. They're really That's... good. Like, they were the Sam Seaborns to Obama. Okay. And so they're funny and they're like, but they're not afraid to say the F word. And like, nice. it's just very accessible. Anyway, one of them said that if uh, Trump's tweets were emails, he would have been charged with obstruction of justice by now. Right. And I think that's like an interesting take, but 
I'm at the point of hopelessness now where I'm just like, no, nah, I don't think anything would, would get him charged because yeah. he's done all kinds of stuff that's wrong and that's nothing ridiculous. ever happens. Now, I guess they'll take control of the house in January and right. maybe we'll see what happens then. That would be interesting. The Did you watch the Claire Foy Saturday Night Live? Which we didn't talk about. Because uh, I don't think, she, I think she plays the queen great. Yeah. And I just, otherwise I don't really think she has a whole lot. Like who cares about another dragon tattoo movie? I think on the whole of the... Um, the overall episode really liked it. Like yeah. the whole thing with her going back and forth on the um, World War Two. That was World the best War sketch of the night. Yeah, yeah, it was so funny. That was the best sketch of the night. And then I found the the show otherwise to be really poorly blocked because I thought the uh, Mueller All I Want for Christmas Is You was great, but it yeah. was shoved to the back of the so far back. And then there was a sketch after that. Was it like a she plays like a like a like a lady from Queens or something. She it's yes. That was a good morning. Guma. Yeah. I thought that was spectacularly yeah, funny. That was and, great. and it was like a fully realized character that stars your host. They could have yeah. moved that up in the show. I don't know why they totally. didn't, but they sometimes put those talk show sketches towards the end. Like that's where Wayne's world started. Right. And that sketch with Jenny slate where she said the F word, like those, yes. those kind of bizarre alt talk show format sketches yeah. are always slated at the, the end of the show the only reason i know what a guma is is from uh the sopranos okay do you know what a guma is nope. like so a guma was like your like side piece okay and that's just that's what right. the, that was the premise that and that was exactly the premise like his guma called called <laughs> on uh christmas day no way like you can't do that now the christmas episode with matt damon i thought was one of the most banging episodes of SNL they've had all year. I thought that one was pretty good, but honestly, I thought that the Claire Foy one was, I thought, kind of close. I wasn't with that one. No, you no. weren't I, feeling it. I thought the, the, the sketch in Matt Damon's episode where like the divorced men are dads, I didn't really connect with that one very much, but every other sketch landed with me. I thought the back of the Christmas tree was amazing. Right. I thought anytime where they create a vehicle for people to do their best impressions, so like people auditioning to be the Oscar host, yeah. I thought that was really great. Um, it's it's fun, but I feel like it's kind of easy at this point. It too. is, but it's all it always is a people pleaser. Well, that's a, the same if they do Celebrity Jeopardy. It's just that's an right. opportunity for yeah. someone to do their to do impressions. Yeah, to do their Kevin Smith impression or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Pete Davidson? Yeah, yeah. Let's dive in because I'm curious to see what you think. I'm only I I just I, I only hesitate because like I think a lot is being said that isn't helpful. No, I just, I felt awful about it all. Me too. Like when we, when we saw it and even seeing him on Saturday Night Live introduce Miley Cyrus. I thought that was so smart. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought was, that was like a genius move. I thought it was a good chess move, but like on whose part? Lauren. Like it, yeah. It wasn't his part. That's what I felt bad about. Like, no, are I, they like shoving him I, out on stage I, to be I, like, I don't know. I think it was you a need f- to introduce maybe, but I think it was a favor. I I think it was. This really freaky thing happened. They're going to cut all his sketches. He briefly showed up in that pre-tape where he did the Rami Malek impression. Otherwise, yeah. he's, his sketches were scrubbed from the show. Right. Uh, but I think, I, and I wasn't there, but I envisioned it as Lauren went to, to see Pete and you know made sure he was okay. And I guess there were some other things, but he's going to help him. He's going to you know, connect him with some people or whatever. Yeah. Because um, that was such a cry for help. It was like, it was... Oh, of it course. Was so, but I think he said, yeah. look, I think a smart thing to do here would be to show people you're okay. Right. Because people are worried about you. Yeah. And I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I thought think, it was really smart. I think he would have given any any part of the show at that point. Like, if he wanted to do the opening monologue, I feel like he would have given that to him. I don't know. He was He's really, like, 
He's a loose cannon, right? Yeah, I know. And he's the star of the show. But I almost but... picture like a like a post nine eleven thing. You know, okay. where Lauren and Rudy Giuliani are talking. They've never had a cast a current cast member die. Really? That would be crazy. It would be really upsetting. I don't know how they would they would rally from that. It would be yeah, really, that, really tough. That makes me so sad. I would it it's it's I, I, I don't wanna like blame anybody other than people who tell people on the internet to kill themselves. Uh, I, I blame yeah, tox- that's, toxic fan culture, but I... That's kind of what, what the worst thing about it is, is that there was apparently people being like, look, kill yourself, dude. Look, Ariana Grande is the most famous uh, pop star in the world. She There's always one. Right now, she is the one. Thank You, Next was the biggest song. Now she's got another one called Imagine. Mm-hmm. She is... Miley Cyrus is trying to take it from her with this new song with Mark Ronson. Yeah. She's not gonna. Ariana Grande is the biggest star in the world right now, and part of that is the way she relates to her fans. Mm-hmm. It's all on Twitter. And if you click expand on any Ariana Grande tweet, it's creepy. It's really creepy. Really? And she doesn't do anything to quash that. She cultivates it. Mm. And so she can get out there or Scooter Braun can get out there and say, hey, you don't know the real story. Treat Pete with respect. Pete's a good guy. But until she says, okay, you don't know me. And thank you for buying my concert tickets, but we're not friends. Yeah. I don't think she's helping because they broke up. Whoever's choice that was, we'll never know. It doesn't really matter whether or not their relationship was a sham. We'll never <laughs> right. know. Yeah. Uh, but people uh, stan Ariana Grande so, so much that immediately they're anti-Pete Davidson. They weren't crazy about Pete Davidson anyway because he is not conventionally a hunk. Right. And he, it kind of came out of nowhere and they were kind of... Uh, on their heels about him anyway and then they break up pretty quickly and they're like oh you broke up with our baby our darling yeah kill yourself right and the problem with that is that he has diagnosed borderline personality disorder yeah 10 percent of people with that affliction have something called suicidal ideation yeah. which is where you cannot stop thinking about suicide right you can't help but constantly it's, romanticize it's suicide and yeah. so tons of people with bpd kill themselves yeah. and so while he's trying his best not to kill himself he has hundreds of thousands of people texting him tweeting him kill yourself yeah and that's really hard yeah it's pretty gross it's awful can you imagine saying kill yourself to anyone? No. No. Even tweeting it? Even messaging they, it? They, they think it's a version of like... of, of You suck. A fandom. I, yeah. I, think, I think they think they're defending this person they right. admire. Because they have been hypnotized into thinking they have a personal relationship with Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> troubling for sure. I don't want to blame her. And I think that she probably cares. And I heard that like she tried to get in... Yeah. She tried to go to the building yeah. and he didn't want to see her. Uh, I, I I believe that, you know, she's probably just in over her head because she's just a product also. Yeah. But it's a scary thing, man. And it, they're not equipped to deal with it. You know what I really loved? Like if there's anything to love about that whole situation was John Cryer's tweets. Did you Who read knew those that John Cryer was buddies with Pete Davidson? Such a, like, and is he? I don't, well, I don't think text. he is. I think he said he never met him. They text, though, because he texted him a bunch of times. Yeah. And he tweeted, like, just so you know, when you turn on your phone, you're going to get a bunch of texts. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's kind of yeah, nice. I saw him tweet that, but I didn't know he texted him that as well. That's that's what that's what the tweets said, that right. he had been texting him. 
Oh, I see. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I was like, you know what? Whatever. People are on his side. I saw uh, like Machine Gun Kelly. He yep. was like hopping on a plane to see my boy Pete, like hoping everything's okay. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. But the problem is like if something horrible happens, the same people, not exclusively, but the same people who either did nothing, mm-hmm. saw it as just tabloid shit or specifically the people who were part of the reason this happened yeah. uh, are going to be like, oh, tragedy. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Because oh it's my just, God, just no one wanted this to happen. It's like when you told him to fucking kill himself. That's right. So like, if you're tweeting, uh, just so everybody knows, I've been in contact with Pete. He's doing good. Thanks for your love. That's constructive. Yes, that's helpful. Right. But if you're just like thinking of Pete, I'm not sure you're helping at all. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. So thoughts anyway. and prayers. It's the same as thoughts and prayers. I hope that exactly. I hope that my like talking about it so much doesn't like because I, again like I I don't like logging onto BuzzFeed and seeing uh, the same headline that's been up there for ten days. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody knows, and yeah. it's not like make it go away. Stop well, it, it now. It's always so refreshing. Anytime you get his take, it seems so. I don't want to say like it seems so level headed, but he's like thought of a an angle that seems like the most likable angle he's a terrific co- comedy writer yeah there's no question yeah and when he leaves snl because he was never built to be a sketch comedian no, he sure wasn't he should do some really great netflix specials because yeah. he's like he's a stand-up but wasn't it great when he was like the the latest things he's been in which were okay and claire foy the uh willy wonka and the chocolate factory one who did he play in that? He played Grandpa Joe. Oh, yes. That was a good sketch. <laughs> that one was great. That was great. And uh, when he played, what was the other sketch? So he played the kid earlier in the sketch, too. Yeah. Like, the house smells like dad cigarettes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the dad is, like, trying to split custody with the kids. Yeah. Um, that one. And then on the latest one, there was something, too, that I just thought, wow. Oh, the uh, the... The reindeer one, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That was great. Was that this week? No, I think it was last week. But okay, who was maybe, the host last week? Maybe the Claire Foy episode was better than I thought. Because if that was last week... That, that, w- that, I, was, that wasn't on the Claire Foy episode. It was Matt Damon. The reindeer then. one. That was the Matt Damon I one. thought that was great. When he says, yeah. well, 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 I thought yeah. that, was the, yeah. that was the funniest part. Oh, what? It up, wasn't bitch? the Matt Damon episode because he wasn't in that show. No, you're right. It must what have was, been the Foy episode. Bef- Matt Damon was right after Foy? I think maybe it was. I don't know. We've been all over the map. We've only been doing podcasts every other week for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Um. I really liked the Weezer uh, skit. <laughs> so good. Has has really caught Grant. Like yeah. it has gained steam. Yeah. And Rivers Cuomo liked it. And Rivers Cuomo liked it. And other members of the band, retired and otherwise, yeah. have really lobbed onto it. I think what and the- I appreciated it. Like I me too. I, I love was, Wiz- uh, Weezer. I'm a big Weezer fan too, and I understood both sides because I'm always rooting for them to yep. create good music. It also and can, I liked Pork and Beans. <laughs> yeah, it can be stuck on a lot of bands, right? Yeah. It's just the was their good stuff good? Is or their old stuff good? Yeah. Was their old stuff better than their new stuff? I think the funniest part of that sketch was that it was Leslie Jones. I think yeah. that's part of the joke. Totally, and she she did that skit really well. It was yep. like one of the only skits. That she's got through the entire way and done really well. You're right. Not fumbled on her own words. Not like she killed it. I think so too. You know what's uh, also happened since our last podcast is all of this hosting award show business. Right. So our last podcast, we're like, so Kevin Hart's going to host the Oscars. Oh my God. I feel like this is our, like what we want. Our dream was accomplished. 
We, yeah, we hoped he wouldn't do it. Is there a new host for it? That's nope. my first question. There nope. isn't. Okay, so you know that Nick Kroll and John Mulaney keep feigning like Gil Faison and Walter Sankey. They're Glenn. trying to will it to happen. That's what they're trying to do. Okay, because they keep saying that they're the ones doing it. Yeah, but the thing is, that's never going to happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Mulaney Kroll hosts the Oscars. Well, it would be a long shot. And that's and who did the Indie Spirit Awards. Twice. It, wh- oh, twice. Twice. And people would like it. The, yeah. the problem with the Academy is that they've got this really narrow spectrum. They only know the most famous people. So they want Kimmel or Fallon's never done it, but they want Kimmel or Fallon or DeGeneres mm-hmm. or Chris Rock. They want like somebody who's like kind of a staple and has already pulled it off. Yeah. Somebody who's an A-list celebrity. I'm not sure Mulaney and Kroll are A-list celebrities. No, I think it has to happen though. Uh, well, they just don't know who they are or like they're nervous about it. When when the best comic in the world is not an A-list celebrity, yeah, that's going to change the game and they're going to be funnier than than Jimmy Kimmel. Nothing against Jimmy Kimmel. He's no, done no. a great job a couple of times now, but like it, it doesn't have to be safe. Right. And they're, they're, you're right. They're hustling for, for Gil and George to do it. Yeah. It's not going to happen, but the two of them in nice suits could, could pull it off and they well, would and they do an amazing job. they got steam from the Andy Spirit Awards that I think... People know who they are now. Transition, yeah. I mean, like uh, Mulaney uh, hosted SNL last year. He's not a nobody. No. And there's a Broadway special. There's a Netflix uh, series with both of them in it. They're right. like clearly best friends. Everyone in the comedy world knows them and respects them. They should just do it. Well, everybody who goes to the Oscars knows them. Yeah. Oh, that's those guys who did the Indie Spirit Awards those two years. Right. They're awesome. They're so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched the um, I watched the Ellen DeGeneres special. Did you? What did you think? Born fan. No. Oh, that's a head shake right there. No. Folks. Oh shit. So And Neil Brennan was a consultant on it. Okay, I have a couple issues Let's with with all of the connections this special has. Yeah. So it's called Relatable, Ellen DeGeneres Relatable. Uh and she's been going around promoting this special, telling Jimmy Kimmel that she gets out of parking or speeding tickets because she's famous and uh how she takes yoga with Margot Robbie and Barack Obama. And I don't see how those are relatable concepts. In fairness, that's the premise. Right. The, the premise of the whole routine is, I can be relatable, but I have all these butlers. Right. Uh, and then she kind of loops it back around to the end, and she's like, but we're all humans, so we're all relatable. And I found that really heavy-handed. A little pretentious. The, the fact that like Ashton Kutcher gets on Twitter, and he's like, Ellen DeGeneres has an amazing new special. Go watch it. When like struggling comedians are trying to make it like ellen's literally worth half a billion dollars is she still doing her daytime show yeah and she said this week that she might retire and she is 61 or whatever so i could see that happening but the other side is she's promoting something right now so i take that with a grain of salt yeah you know she wants more money and she wants people to watch her special it's her first time doing stand-up in 15 years it wasn't bad there's there are some good jokes in it yeah she's she was once a world-class stand-up but she kind of just takes you through her story. It's just kind. It's more like a one-woman show than it is a stand-up right. routine. So she like starts at the beginning. She guides you through like, for example, every time she t- publicly tells the story about her girlfriend who died in a car accident mm-hmm. and how that inspired the phone call with God that she did on Johnny Carson. Right. Yep. She told it on Howard two years ago. She told he- it on he- headlines were expert. Yeah. So she tells it on Howard headlines. Ellen reveals tragedy that led to her becoming a comedian. A year later, she tells it on on Dax. 
Ellen reveals tragedy that led to her becoming a comedian. Now she tells it in her special for the eighth time. Ellen reveals tragedy that led to her becoming a comedian. And everybody thinks they have this scoop and it's not fresh. Not really revealing as much as retelling. And in, in telling the story of her going on Johnny Carson, which she's told so many fucking times. Yeah. She does the phone call with God again. She like she like runs you through the routine, yeah. which is an easy five minutes considering she wrote it forty years ago. Yeah. So, I I thought it was I thought it was kind of half assed. I like it. I like that's a hot take. I like your hot take. You know what I did watch that I really enjoyed? What Springsteen on Broadway? Yeah. Well, that's a less hot take. <laughs> I know. Well, look. that's that's a more of a cold take. But, but I'm not probably, above a cold take. Probably for a good reason. Mm. Man. It was just so special. Yeah. It was so special. Right. So it Netflix was, special. Yeah. It was like, I, I mean, I, I, it's so beautifully scripted. I have to assume that he has like prosed out this, this show yeah. because his verbiage is so careful, but it seems so natural. He's right. talking like, like Dickensian literature, but it just flows off his tongue so naturally and it's, I mean, that, that's, I guess that's the case of, of Springsteen lyrics too. Like a lot of people, were they to sing Badlands right. would be like, this is corny, Yeah, but it's Bruce and he pulls it off. You know what I learned today was um, the song Jersey Girl. Yeah. Tom Waits wrote that song. Tom Waits. It's a Tom yeah. Waits song. I yeah. didn't know it was a cover, yeah. which makes me like it more because it's way less on the nose. Yeah. Like, well, is Tom Waits not from Jersey? No, he's apparently from New York. Yeah, when when Bruce does it, it's just a crowd pleaser. Right. Like the famous version of Bruce doing it is a live track doing it in Jersey. Yeah. And so cross the river to the Jersey side is like, that's easy applause. Right. People are like, ah. Apparently it's on his 85 live special. Yeah. And he's doing it in like Giant Stadium or something, which is in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts saying like, a Jersey girl. And people are like, oh my God, he's singing yeah. about us. This is the best. Well, it'd be like if... Uh, Whereas well, Tom Waits is just like, hey, Mr. Pocket. It'd be like if Jack White came to Halifax and sang... Barrett's Privateers. Barrett's Privateers, you know? You're absolutely right. It's almost like cheating. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But that's okay, because they put in the effort. Totally. Yeah, well, the, and that's that's what's to be respected the most about it, because how many people have come here before and not sang Barrett's Privateers? Well, exactly. I think every artist that, ever. I don't know all the words to Barrett's Privateers. He he did six verses. That's unreal. No one has ever done six verses. That's all. I'm not a concert person. I don't, I don't. And now that I've seen Bruce Springsteen, like I, there's a part of me that never wants to see concerts. Uh, I so like, regret not seeing him when he came here. And there, and a lot of people didn't see him. He'll never come back because like nobody was there. It was, and it, it was, was empty. Nice, it was, it was, yeah. I think like 14,000 people and they could oh, keep like 60,000 people. Like it was, yeah. but he still showed up for three and a half hours. And like, okay, I'm going to tell a bit of a sappy story. Um, Springsteen's like been one of my favorites for a very long time. Like I like a Springsteen tattoo. Sure. Uh, he, I just, I just loved him. And I like, got in, I got more into Springsteen because of you. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I that it made me buy Darkness on the Edge of Town. I was oh, like, Oh, that's great. This is a CD that I should listen to. There's like a cult. He just kind of sticks with some people. Yeah. And I like a good uh, coming of age story. Mm -hmm. And every Bruce Springsteen song is a coming of age story. Right. With like lots of motor oil in it. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so like for a long time, my dad and my brother would talk about sports and okay. like specifically like golf and hockey. Mm -hmm. Like namely when when Ross was really into those things, they would just like talk constantly about like golf stats and hockey teams. 
And I kind of lost interest in hockey pretty young. And so like every now and then we'd be in a situation where my dad and my brother could go to an NHL game. Yeah. They maybe went to see some pro golf at some point. I don't remember. Uh, But like we'd be in Florida and they'd take a drive out to Tampa and see like a lightning game or something. Right. And I would never begrudge them excluding me from that because it's super expensive to go to those games and yeah. I don't appreciate it like they do. And it's a nice thing they have. That's, but, that's like a, a an awesome son moment. If I'm a dad and I'm like, definitely, that, that's cool. Colin's totally okay with this. It's nice that they have it. Yeah. And, but like my dad and I didn't have one of those things. Sure. And like my dad is the best dad. And yeah. he's, he's so, my dad is, it's not even just about being a dad. Like he is He's just interested in people who are interested in things. Mm-hmm. He likes to hear people who are good at things talk about the thing. Yeah. And I think that. that's a wonderful way to be. And so uh, we didn't have a thing like that. But like, I remember when like, remember when Charlie Sheen like really went off his rocker yeah. and then he did a tour. Yeah. We were right. in Florida. The Tiger Blood tour. Yeah. We, uh, we were in Florida when he was passing through Florida. And so for a sec, we were like, well, maybe we'll go to that. No way. And then we decided like, I don't think ethically we can we can contribute to this. So we didn't go to Charlie Sheen. Uh, Sound. And then uh, when I started at K-Rock, uh, it, was the, it was like the same week that Springsteen was coming through Moncton. Whoa. And uh, several months before, I had said to dad, do you want to go to Springsteen? I didn't know like what friend would, would go with me to Springsteen. And she's like, absolutely. And the thing about my dad is like, he's listened to Q104 for 30 years. Yeah. But he didn't necessarily feel any particular way about Springsteen. Right. He's like, okay, that's fine. But his, his son asked him like, that. Would, uh, like it makes me want to cry that, yeah. it, that his son asked him to go to a concert. Well, and I'm, I'm getting to that too. But like yeah. my dad likes Radar Love and like that's the only song he likes. <laughs> and so, Respect. So he's like, sure. Okay, great. And then my dad bought the tickets. Yeah. You know? And like. I didn't, I, I would have happily paid for the tickets, but my dad bought the tickets and like he drove all the way to Moncton with me and like yeah. he paid for all the gas and we're there and we watched the trues and we watched Tom Cochran, who wasn't that great. And like my dad buys <laughs> and me. you also kind of hate. What's that? You also kind of hate. Tom Cochran's the worst, but we're like bonding over hating Tom Cochran and my dad uh, buys me the t-shirt and he buys himself a t-shirt nice. like before he's seen Springsteen right. who he doesn't feel any particular way about, right? Yeah. He, we both buy the t-shirt. He offers to buy me the vinyl record. And uh, I think I said like, no, that's okay. Like yeah. that's, that's cause it's like 80 bucks or something totally. if you buy it here. And I was like, no, was like, but like he buys me lunch. Like he was willing to spend any money. He would do anything to make sure it was like the best day of my life. That's and he so didn't nice. seem to get that it already was. Yeah. He didn't have to, it already was the best day of my life. And now, if you ask him, who's your favorite artist of all time? Bruce Springsteen. No way. He wouldn't even, he, it's his absolute favorite. The show turned him. Well, and the experience turned, the, it was a great day. Right. It was, it was all part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my like super oh, sentimental. so nice. Bruce Springsteen thing that just kind of, I already loved Bruce and like yeah. now it's like the greatest that's and amazing. S- and so uh, Springsteen on Broadway is very, very special. Yeah. Did yeah. you get tattoo post that show? No, it was before that. You got it before that. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, that well then that just shows that you're a true Bruce head. I guess. I was, I was also just like 22 and I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I had tattoos. Oh, no, it's a cool tattoo. No, I mean, I wish I didn't have it. You do? Yeah. Well, when did that happen? I don't know. I don't I don't like I don't lose sleep over it. No. It's like a part of my arm. Yeah. It's not exactly. like Yeah, I don't look at it and be like, "Oh, I wish I had another arm." Right. But I also I wouldn't get it now. You wouldn't. Okay. So like 
I, I kind of thought you were. Uh, it doesn't bring me anxiety. Oh, let oh, me let good. me put it like that. That's I'm just good. like, oh, okay. But I also Whatever. like wouldn't get it now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's ultimately why I and I find this interesting. This is ultimately why I've never gotten a tattoo, and I'm so shocked to that extent that me who considers themselves a little more uh, reckless than you, for instance, you're more impulsive than me. Impulsive, I would say, reckless in the sense that I would be like. Uh, I don't know. Let's just like tear down this wall and see what happens. Like, <laughs> I don't think of you as that. You're impulsive in that you're like, yeah, we just last minute bought tickets to Boston. That's what right. you do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Because I know that it's not on my body forever. Right. But at the same time, I have diabetes. I have something that is with me forever. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't I just like, like get my entire body marked up? Like life is fleeting. You should just do it like doesn't matter nothing really matters just i guess go for it i i respect that attitude i yeah. can remember when i worked with with chelsea who was covered in tattoos yeah uh she and i would go out into the community and i'll, I'll never forget this one woman like people were usually pretty cool about it if yeah. people acknowledge the tattoos it's usually to compliment your to tattoos like, oh nice and that's cool but like i remember we met this really uptight weird lady uh and she she's just like staring at chelsea's tattoos like they're tumors. Like as soon as she walks in, as if she's never seen a tattoo except on VH1. Right. And she's like staring at Chelsea like she's an alien. And she said to Chelsea, do you ever regret your tattoos? Yeah. That's what she said to the stranger right. she's never met before. I'm just so looking forward to what Chelsea said back to her. Chelsea goes, yeah. Ah, that's <laughs> and she just shrugged. She's like, oh yeah. That's and she, so good. And it didn't even occur to Chelsea how rude that was. Right. And I said to her later, I was like, that was so rude. And she's like, oh, I guess. Yeah. But it was just, it it, it floored me. It was like the, the nerve because that person is so, uh, they're just so different it from who so she is. It so much more to, to that person asking it than it did to Chelsea. Who's... Here's the other thing. I don't, I don't believe that tattoos need to be like super meaningful That's... because I have a tattoo that was like supposed to be meaningful and now I'm a different person. So just 100. get get that, a thing that looks cool. That's the way that I feel about it. Yeah. But like what looks cool now to you is not going to look cool in 20 years to you. So you well, yeah. either have to to be okay with having vintage t-shirts and yep. wearing those constantly. Yep. Or you have to say no and I'm just going to buy new t-shirts all the time. Well, and like I bet you loved your dog. I bet you loved your dog and it sucked. Sure did. And I, I bet it sucked when that dog died. Yep. Absolutely. But Bria. Oh, now you made it real. <laughs> I was speaking You're hypothetically. Up. <laughs> but getting that dog's face tattooed like on your thigh or something the way some people do, it's just like a crazy thing to do. Yes, you're I you're absolutely right. Because it's like not you're going to have six do. dogs and that dog will still be on you. One dog on your body. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. So, anyway, I agree with that. It, these are this is it, <laughs> Oh, she's talking to me. The podcast is different when we're drinking. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we got emotional three times. And we're like an hour and 20 40 minutes in. minutes in. All right. So Penny Marshall died. Ah, Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. She was married to Rob Reiner. She was Laverne. She was married to Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner, yeah. That almost makes me more sad. Yeah. They were but divorced. Like now, oh, okay. Never mind. They were she not together. Was. Yeah, she had yeah, been I married. I thought you meant like now that she's dead. She's, she's Gary Marshall's sister. Yeah. Uh, and was she Laverne? I don't know. She was one of them. Laverne or Shirley. Yeah. 
Anyway, so the, she also directed A League of Their Own. Like, she directed, like, one of the great yeah. sports movies. Yeah. And one of Tom Hanks' great performances. She's a heavy hitter. Yeah, I don't definitely. think people dispute that. That'll be a big Oscar slash Emmy. Yeah, you're right. There will be an year. in-memoriam thing for sure. Uh, I considered saving this for the end of the podcast, but I have another thing that I can do at the end of the podcast, so I'm going to use this now. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro <laughs> is suing Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> yep. Because, do you have you played Fortnite? I've I've actually watched Jen's Little Cousins. Uh, Jen's right. Little Cousins should be a drinking game. Anytime I mention Jen's Little Cousins, yeah, in this, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who are slowly becoming older people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the oldest is ten, and he is a Fortnite player. And I, I mentioned a quote earlier, which was uh, a quote earlier in the day when I said, "Nicholas uh, Lennon's online. Why don't you play with Lennon?" Which is a cool name. Yeah. Um, and he goes, no, Lennon's trash. <laughs> and I looked at Jen, and Jen goes, he keeps calling people trash. Trash is the new word. Yeah. And I laughed, and I was like, well, that shows me that I'm like less hip than yep. this 10-year-old. Lennon's trash. And uh, anyway, so I've watched him play before, and he it's kind of cool because like he's like, Matt, you got to watch me play this game. Because I'm like, dude, you got to win then. Like, yeah. I want to watch you win. Like. Cause I'm like, have you ever won a game of Fortnite? And he's like, I've won like two games. I'm like, so That's is, is it impressive. rare to win a game of Fortnite? Yeah, like, cause you're playing against a hundred people. Oh wow, okay. So you're in this big like, and a lot of the people are really good. Is it just like you're just trying to take everybody out? You're just trying to live it's the longest. It's a battle royale. Okay. So you literally could hide in the bushes. I have it. Like it's on my Switch. Yeah. I played it like once and I just didn't know what was happening. So yeah. I turned it off and kids are like buying skins for the game, which are like stupid costumes that you wear and yep. give you like, and, and you can like load on these V bucks, which are like, here's a hundred dollars. You could buy like 10 different skins. Okay. So and, you're wasting so much money and dances are the other thing that dances. Thank you for tying it back. in. But like it's a first person shooter, but it's kind of cartoony and the characters do weird dance moves yep. and, and it's, so, it's free across every platform yeah it's free to play it but there's no shortage of ways for them to make money yeah. uh and and they do the carlton or something that looks an awful lot like the carlton yeah and so alfonso ribeiro is in fact suing them yeah because i mean what else does he have going on now here's the thing and i had this conversation earlier with someone does he have the carlton trademarked if he doesn't then this is a moot point but he must well, I think he could make the point that this is something that I created and no one did this dance. There's nowhere on film that this dance is happening before the thing that I did. Right. Maybe him not trademarking it hurts that case. Um, I think it would. Case. Yeah. It probably does. Because otherwise it seems like it's open open season on I'm not so sure he was the first person to do the Carlton it's kind of a thing bad dancers do well and that's what uh, Seth Meyers made a joke of like uh, after he goes after Fortnite he's going to go after every white man who's ever been at a wedding exactly I've definitely done the Carlton not realizing I was doing the Carlton (laughs) the chilling adventures of Sabrina yep I watched the Christmas special what that, that confirmed I'm over this show. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Tried a little bit too hard. Yeah, I tried a little. Well, speaking it. of trying a little bit too hard, renewed for the second season. Get renewed for the third season. No, renewed for the fourth season. What? Right? <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> fucking crazy? Is, after the third season, I thought, okay, I, I this is insane. Yeah, I inflected my voice in such a way that it would surprise you each time. It did. Yeah, four. Yeah, four, four seasons. Times. That's insane. Yikes. Not not a good idea. I don't have a lot of hope for this show. 
Maybe it could be a trashy watch. Did I tell you my sister uh, got uh, uh, another um, promotion? Oh, wow. So she went from... She's an executive producer now. She is <laughs> a... She's running Game of Thrones. She's an executive producer. Is she really? She's actually a, a producer on the show. Now. Come on. I don't know if it's executive producer, but it is definitely producer. I think you have to have a lot of money to be an executive producer. That's what I thought. I was like, well, when my mom called me to say like, and your sister's a producer on the show yeah. now, I thought, don't, it, aren't you like throwing money behind it at that point? Like, I don't know. I don't think it's as simple as that. I, I think it's more. No, there's like, a hustle to be done if you're a producer. I, I think you're more like making decisions about what should be done. Yeah. And like the creative yeah it means you're one of the bosses yeah anyway it was a it was a, a raise for her and she's coming back december 22nd i was like man this is that's so great good, congratulations good to her she is really going to like hobnob with the most famous people it's in the world been i should say it it has been a long time since i've been jealous of my sister yeah like it you know just because she was always kind of on her own path but now like she's getting on like a cool path where pretty I'm cool like, Whoa, Kristen's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. So, how sweet will that be? Like, how how quickly am I gonna screenshot when I see my sister's name on a fucking Netflix show as yeah. like producer? Yeah. Ugh, maybe she'll it's become one of those moment. really rare producers who's also famous because they produce such good shit. Yeah, that like like how long before she's a director? How long before she's like the J.J. Abrams? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That'd be crazy. Big, big shot, but. And it's going to get to the point where it's like, oh, your name is Matt Slaney. Any relation? And I will so proudly be like, yeah. 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 yeah That's actually. my sister. Like, my sister who struggled to pay for school and like did it all herself. Like, Fuck yeah, that's that's my sister. That's great. That's I'm and so also happy for you it. should give me that job. Yeah, because <laughs> this is my sister. I want to work with her. Might be able to hook you up. <clears throat> uh, okay. Uh, oh, this. Speaking of producers. Um, Les Moonves, <laughs> not speaking of your sister. Love him. <laughs> uh, CBS has said they're not going to pay him his $120 million severance. Whoa. They're going to withhold it because too, there's too many signs that point to him being fired for cause. You're like, you you weren't cool about this. Yeah, we're not just letting you go because this is ugly. We're letting you go because you're the worst Whoa. and you don't get $120 million. Holy but shit. what stands out is $120 million, you don't have to work anymore. Right. Like, that's not getting fired. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Um, Crazy, is man. is Julie Chenbot still with him? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't she be? She I left guess. the talk, but she's not. She's going to keep doing Big Brother, doing bro. Yeah, doing the bro. Benicio del Toro. Uh, he's been cast as Swiper the Fox in the live action Dora the Explorer You're movie. Kidding? Not kidding. Apparently, there's a prison movie with or a prison show. Yeah, we got to talk about this in the in the in the new year. We got to do. We should do this show. Escape from Dan Arbana or something. It's it's a Ben Stiller project, and it's Benicio del Toro, and it's Paul Dano, and it's based on a true prison break. What? And they they shot within the real prison, which is kind of funny because it's like you think they'd be a little more ashamed. Man. Of what happened. Any Prison Break show besides Prison Break, I will for sure watch. <laughs> prison Break, I'll watch for a season. Yeah. And then it went to season six. Yeah. That's when I was out. I watched the first episode of, of Prison Break before we had a podcast where we only watched pilots. Yeah. And I only watched the pilot. Did you only watch Well, because in the pilot, at the end, they reveal that he has a map of the prison tattooed on his body. And yeah. I was like, don't get meaningful tattoos. No. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> you'll be a different person. 
You have to play somebody else in something else. It's too perfect to comment any further on that. Good. I'm glad. Uh, oh, did you see the new uh, Google Home commercial? Yes. That's the one thing I meant to bring up this podcast, and I'm so happy you did because I would have forgot. Okay. So Macaulay Culkin, yes. who has been on a comeback for about a year. Yeah. Uh, Wait, how kind of has he been on a he comeback? He started a website called Bunny Ears, which is like a lifestyle comedy website, oh. not unlike The Onion. All right. Uh, and he does a podcast that's kind of associated with it. So he's like, he's kind of back. So he like spent it. most of his adult life just living in France, drinking smoking cigarettes whiskey and, and smoking expensive yeah. cigarettes and, and, and having sex with Mila Kunis and now Brenda Song. Sure. And so... Uh, he has decided he wants to kind of step back into the limelight, but be exactly who he is. Okay. First of all, lest anybody think he was ever a hardcore drug addict. There's right. this like mythology about like, that he was so always on cocaine. Yeah. Or so heroin. like you see yeah. like Macaulay with short hair now and people are like, I'm glad he's doing okay. He's always yeah. done fine. Right. He's fine. Yeah. He's weird, yeah. but it's a real like, uh, a real miracle. He's not way more messed up. He was really skinny at one point. Yeah, he didn't look so good. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't live like the most healthy lifestyle. Right. But he's not like a, a homeless person. No, no, no. Of course. Like he always had money. Oh, yeah. But I think people were always kind of wondering, is he using drugs? He didn't. He might have been. But he yeah. didn't look good. Right. Uh, but that's really all it was. Yeah. And he was just kind of living his own life. Yeah. He wasn't like trying to be a movie star and failing. He just does his own thing. Mm -hmm. And so now he does this kind of cool thing. And like he's great on Rogan and... Yeah. He had it's a he did a really good podcast uh, his own podcast with Kevin Smith oh, the two of them cool. together is and Kevin calls him Kulk and like they're right. they're a, they're a good pair nice. together I'm anyway so so he's uh, done a Home Alone remake essentially for the new Google commercial yeah in the house yes. all the sets look totally authentic yep did you think it was perfect I did I thought it was perfect. Don't you think that the Google Home is kind of the perfect device for Kevin McAllister as a grown-up? Yes. He is someone that would have automated everything for every single thing. Yes. Like, he uses a voice recorder in Home Alone 2, and that is kind of his Google Home. Absolutely. He uses that as his, like, it's home It's a gadget. Base. And also, it's, it's called Home. First of all, it's the Google the Home. Google. Why didn't they title it Google Home Alone? I, I think that's what the, the commercial is called. Is it? Okay. Um, but... It yeah, they show this iconic house. It's the Christmas season. Yeah, they sold those things like friggin' crazy last Christmas. Yeah, and they're probably doing okay again this year. Did I have a Google Home? They're cool. That I won in a golf tournament. They're really cool, and it's friggin' awesome. Yeah, Google, what's the temperature? It, uh, it is twenty degrees right now. It's so much better than Siri. I can't believe Siri gets away with being as shitty as she Siri, is. Siri, Siri has no business being in the same realm as Google. It's Home. not the same conversation at all. Yeah. Anyway, so definitely go check out the the Macaulay Culkin. If you haven't uh, seen it, Google Home Alone, and also way to go getting a Google commercial. Like he's totally. he got paid for that shit for he sure. Totally got paid for that. Yeah, and it was like. <clears throat> It was note for note, cut for cut, Home Alone. He does the shaving cream scene yeah. or the aftershave scene. Yeah. They show the furnace. It, it, it's almost as beneficial for him because he's such a good sport about it. Yeah. I feel like people are going to want him in their shit now. Yeah. I think I mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but he was on Jimmy Fallon a little while ago. Yeah, I definitely right. told you about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, have you ever seen the Rockefeller Christmas No, it's a great tree? time to be in New York. We've got the Rockefeller tree. Have you ever seen the tree? And Macaulay was just kind of like, yeah, I've seen the tree. You know yeah, I've man. seen the tree. This is the most leading question. Yeah. You're a professional interviewer? Yeah. 
We're seriously talking about this right now? Yeah, but he's a good sport about the Home Alone thing. Yeah, as he should be. I mean, it's what made him, really. You know what I really liked when I was a kid? What? Uh, his Richie Rich movie. I loved Richie Rich. Yeah. And I loved Blank Check. Blank Check! Blank Check was sick. I didn't love Page Master. I never really got into Page Master. Page Master, I wanted to like. Yeah. And like no one, no one gave me the time to like Page Master. Was the I feel <laughs> you like you couldn't I, get your hands on I, that sweet, I, sweet I was, plastic VHS. I was always being pulled away from Page Master <laughs> when I was trying to watch it. I remember watching at my babysitters and people be like, "Let's pause it and go outside." I was like, "No, this is cool. There's cartoons and and like it's real life." And it's Macaulay Culkin. He's the greatest actor of our generation, as far as I know. You guys want to watch Page Master? Go fuck yourself, Slade. <laughs> yeah, it really was that way. <laughs> We're playing hockey. No, Matthew. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Greatest actor of our generation. At that moment, in that exact time of me being age five to seven years old. Certainly relatability-wise. The story most often told now in his comeback is of his SNL experience. Do you know this story? I don't think it's I do. crazy. It's when his dad was still kind of like running. Oh, things. yeah. When so when he was a kid and they made him not use. Yeah, he wouldn't cards. let he wouldn't let Mac use uh, cue cards, and he's like eleven hosting <laughs> SNL. So insane. And because he can't use them, that means nobody can the use. The cast them. had to memorize. Which everything. is like it's crazy that the show cooperated with that. Yeah. Yeah. Why did no one stand up to this <clears throat> insane person? Yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry, buddy. You're not in charge yeah. here. Who yeah. is like a failed actor. I'd like to watch it. I'd like to see how much of a train wreck it is. Or maybe amazing. Like maybe everyone just rose to the occasion. Maybe. I mean, whenever asked why they always look like they're reading cue cards, they always say the defense is always because the lines change up to five minutes before yeah. the sketch. And I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it bad though when they look like they're completely turned a separate way? Sometimes it's not hitting that, well. That times it's really... Yeah. Like a couple years ago, I found it was especially egregious. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Matt Damon was kind of bad for it. He was a little muggy. Yeah. But he's not... He's the host. And yeah. I was also surprised to find that he's only hosted twice. Yeah. He was great. The last time he hosted was 15 years ago. Yeah. And he's kind of... He's like one of the male A-listers. Definitely. I feel like he's been asked in between. Maybe. And this is one of the only times... Like he's like, I don't have a movie, so whatever. Yeah, he's like, I just wanted to be here. And by the way, speaking of sappy dad stories, yeah, how was that? Ask Becky. I genuinely teared up. Did you? I sat. I well, da it, dad stuff just gets me. It was really here. I, you know what? You're right. Yeah, dad stuff is is tough. That's why last season of This Is Us was rough, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I got everybody. Dad stuff is tough for everybody. Da yeah, you're right. Yeah, and so he. It was really sweet. It uh -huh. was like genuinely like it was moving. Yeah, his monologue. I, and and. They, they had the perfect amount of sweet to salty of the whole, uh, and I told my daughter, I'm hosting <laughs> yeah. your dad, Matt Damon. And she said, who's the musical guest? It's a great, great <laughs> yeah, line. That was awesome. Uh, it, was, it was almost as good as the Rudy Giuliani, why be funny now? Like, yeah, why start now? That's right. Yeah. Man, that was Rudy Which, Giuliani. And then they went in on Rudy Giuliani for like... Now he is the new... Now he's such a joke. He's the guy. He's, he's he's the butt of the joke. And I can't believe they're doing it on SNL. It's amazing he hasn't been fired yet. Yeah. Because he's constantly fucking up. He's just a vampire. Yeah. He looks like a vampire. Uh, so the Golden Globes, uh, Jeff Bridges is getting the Cecil B. DeMille Award this year, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. And they're, they're created a new category. So like the Cecil B. DeMille always goes to uh, an actor who has achieved great things in film. Yeah. 
I don't know who got it last year. The year before was Meryl Streep. Okay. Anyway, um, so this year they're introducing a new award for uh, Lifetime Achievement in Television, uh, and Carol Burnett is getting the inaugural Carol Burnett Award. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Kind of makes sense. So it's like, uh, like comedic female or not even comedic like she is that but it's just achievement in television somebody who's had a great career in television so they're because they have a a a movie one and now they're going to have a tv so there's like a laundry list of people who do you think it'll be penny marshall this year well no it's gonna be carol burnett this year oh carol burnett it is this year yeah right this is the first one this is the first one no but like moving forward like jerry seinfeld is the kind of candidate they'd want to give this year and not just comedians like were he still alive james gandolfini would be up for this kind of thing Uh, alan aldo will probably get it well actually that's a great example uh Jerry Seinfeld's not even as good of an example as Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who in fact just got the Mark Twain Award. She right. has had more uh, more longevity on television yep. than, than Jerry has, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. She's the only one who's really broke the Seinfeld curse, besides yeah. Seinfeld himself. Did you watch any of her uh, Mark Twain special? No, I didn't. It was great. I heard it was really good. Really good. I read a little bit about what Larry David said, and that, that was funny enough. That was really good. Uh, Abby and Alana were surprisingly great. Oh, we're, yeah, because she I think she did a little thing on Broad City. Probably. Before. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah and they're really funny on it. They're, they're always really funny. Although on the Marin interview, with not, who? not so good. With, with Abby both and Alana, of them? yeah. Because I heard... It was a little too serious. I heard Abby on CBC doing an interview about a month ago. I like I like her better. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got like a book out right well, now. Well, I think Alana's got a little more like, like, um, a little more like mental health issues. Maybe. Like I don't the, know if that's, that's an influencing fact. I just mean like, like, I think she's the more likely to be depressed. And so Maybe. she like has a little bit more of a serious, sad, somber personality. Maybe it's that. She's darker remember. in yeah. her comedy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, can I quickly use the washroom? Yeah. Okay. Should I put like more rum in my cup? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Double it. Okay. All right. And we're back. And we're back. (laughs) Should we get to shows? Let's do it. Is it time to get to shows? Sure. All right. I think it is my turn to to pick a... Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to recap. I'm going to recap Frosty. Oh, you dick. (laughs) Well, come on. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So this is our Christmas episode. So we thought we'd take a couple of... uh, Christmas specials, iconic TV things from, are they, are they both from the 60s? Yeah. Uh, based, 64 and 68. Based on uh, Christmas songs yep. that people love to sing. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've all seen them a lot of times. And mm-hmm. well, well, I guess let's get to it. I'll, I'll do Frosty the Snowman first. Okay. We're going to recap in three. Are you okay with this? Yep. We're going to recap in three, two, one. Go. It's the last day of school, and they invite a magician to entertain the kids, and it only lasts for five seconds, and then he uh, messes it up, and so he throws away his hat. The kids take the hat, they put it on a snowman out in the schoolyard, and Frosty the snowman comes to life. And the magician wants his hat back, but they're like, no, but Frosty uh, is going to melt, so they decide they're going to take him on a train to the North Pole, uh, which the magician helps them uh, go, or no, he follows them to the North Pole, and he tries to get his hat back, but Santa's like, no, you can't, but if you're good, you'll get a new hat for christmas that, that you nailed it okay you crushed it in that time <laughs> for such a complicated plot there's a lot going on in 25 minutes there's a lot going on first of all do we think that the magician was totally in his right 
to get that hat back because he's chasing the hat. It ends up on a snowman, and he's like, hey, I'm just going to take this hat. And they're like, no. At one point, Jimmy Durante, the narrator, overtly takes a side. And he's like, even though it was definitely not Mr. Hinkle's hat anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it seemed like he was right behind it. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like he had a tough day at work. Yeah. (laughs) And he maybe shouldn't have acted out aggressively yeah but it is his hat he bought it you know and he's he needs his hat the only redeeming moment to to for sure be like okay this guy is a bad guy is when he goes oh come on like i'm just an evil magician trying to (laughs) like (laughs) like, oh he's stating that he's evil well he's he snarls he says messy 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 and then he later says busy 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 (laughs) and jen made a great point and you probably are already on it by the way that you said that that he is the christoph waltz of his generation definitely true (laughs) it's like wow (laughs) jen the live action version will star christoph waltz as professor hinkle and professor of what yeah, he's a, he's a magician coming in and being like, I am Professor Henkel. He gets hired in 30-second increments. And gets, like, fired really quick, basically. Yeah. Like, well, then he's the bell not rings. successful. Yeah. And then the bell rings. The kids all run outside. They don't care. I, I want to talk to you about the thermometer. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait. Let's, let's start first at when he gets returned into a... Uh, into a living snowman, being. Into yes. a living snowman. Happy birthday. He says, happy birthday. Right. Because so it's his birthday? Saying happy birthday to himself. Yeah. And then he follows up with, what a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's to, to Becky, too. She was like, he's pretty arrogant for a guy who just came to life. Let's expand on this. <laughs> so is he a waking snowman? Yeah. Like, he's, he's just behind dead eyes thinking about how like life is going on around him and he's a pretty good guy. Like yep. he's got a good, good sense to but him. He's just kind of like bobbing around the ether waiting to have a body. Exactly. <laughs> waiting for a magical hat to land on his That's head. That's right. And he's like, Oh yeah. So now I'm a like, what a nice thing to happen to a, or what a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yep. We're good. Sure. So then it starts getting warmer, which first of all is a little crazy because it just snowed. Yes. And so not But it was a Christmas snow. It was a Christmas. Not only did it just snow, not only is it getting warmer, yeah. but it's getting so much warmer <laughs> that the the mercury in the thermometer is like blasting <laughs> through the top. It's going to like 90 degrees. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no wonder he's melting really, really quickly. Yeah, we were like, where do they live? This is the first snow and the only snow of the year? These were early signs of an inconvenient truth kicking <laughs> yeah, in in 1968. Right. It's like, do they live in Oregon? And this was just like a random snow that yeah. they had? This is a real... F- well, I don't know. We could probably find out exactly where they are. Based, based on the train pattern? Based on the train story. Because like, <laughs> they're going to the North Pole via... Uh, is what it like he Saskatoon or Medicine Hat or something? He's, I think he says Saskatoon. Yeah. And he de- he definitely says something Canadian. Then he says Aurora Borealis. <laughs> 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 the train master is another thing we have to get to. He, well, yeah. Like, why is he a card sharp? Why is he, like, dealing blackjack on a riverboat? He's, he's not. He has no idea what he's doing. He's, like, juggling all these tickets like, yeah. oh, my God, what's happening? Right. Oh, let me just try to get it together for you. 
that'll be three thousand dollars and twelve cents. And then Karen is like, we don't have any money. And then he basically (laughs) practically stabs her in the throat after that. And then not only does he say, no, you can't do that. He shuts his blinds as if to say, we're closed forever (laughs) now. The mistake he made ruined it for everyone. He slams his own door hard enough for the sign to fall off. Yeah. And then they get on a train, which is one car, uh-huh. and it is just ice cream. It's a refrigerator train, right? It's a ref- which is convenient. So, okay, let me just quickly backtrack for a second okay, on okay. the thermometer tip. Yeah, you're you're gonna appreciate this. We also skipped over. He led them down the streets of town where to the traffic cop. That's exactly yeah. what I'm about to get into. Yeah. So he says, "Let's start a parade." Like right. you do. And right. there's four kids marching behind him, and that's a parade. <laughs> One and of them he, in a t shirt, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> he walks into a traffic cop. Yeah. The traffic cop says something to the effect of, You can't like walk past that lamppost. Right. He says, What's a lamppost? Yeah. We're fixated on, he knows what a thermometer yeah. is, but he doesn't know what a lamppost yeah. is. He can count. He's got his full language, but he can only count. He knows what to, a birthday is. He thinks he can count to ten, but he can actually only count to five, and then the rest <laughs> of the numbers are all jumbled up. Right. What there has to be a consistency for his intelligence. No, but there's not. No, there's not. <laughs> like linguistically, he's he's pretty. Uh, he's excelling. You're absolutely right. But numbers wise, he can't do it. He doesn't understand the concept of a lamppost. It reminds me of, I watched Rain Man last night. It's like he can add up a bunch of stuff, but he can't understand the concept of money. This is true across a lot of different movies that star things that shouldn't be alive, being alive or, or being like sentient and have human, um, uh, uh, agency. Yeah. So like the, the prime example really is, uh, Goofy and Pluto are both dogs. One of them has to live in sure. a shack out in the yard, and the other one gets to like drive around and play golf with Mickey. Yeah. Uh, and so there are many examples of uh, what was I listening to? The and other and day? the more podcast. advanced one is the one named Goofy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> He's for some reason the one who inherited speech. You're right. I don't know why that is, but there are lots of examples of. Uh, of like Disney movies where for some reason like Sebastian the crab can talk, but like the dolphins can't. They're right. just dolphins. They're right? animals. Yeah. yeah. And so there's no consistent. You can't get too hung up You're on right. Frosty knowing what birthdays are, but not lampposts. <laughs> right. And then they, and manipul- they manipulate a police officer. They sure do. And then An he's Irish police officer. He's very Irish. Goodness, right. Irish police officer. Yeah, Bono the police officer. <laughs> then he swallows his whistle. Yeah. Out of shock when yep. he realizes... Oh, these talking snowmans. They start to talk, and then once they talk, they wait a second, a talking <laughs> snow... And he swallows his whistle. You're right. Yep. And then they get on the train, uh-huh. and uh, Mr. Hinkle just like... Professor kinda, Hinkle. Professor Hinkle. <laughs> sorry, <you>. Dr. Hinkle <laughs> just kind of clings onto the back of the train like a psychopath. Yeah. Like, he should get gored by that train. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He should not be living. His arms should fall apart within 30 seconds. You're right. The ride. vibration yeah. should completely murder him. <laughs> but no, he's just Spider-Manning on the bottom. And so they go a little ways, but it's not clear exactly how far. They go to the woods, and it was, for it was Christmas Eve. And there was like some woodland creatures having Christmas. And then there was a greenhouse. Okay, so so backtracking, Karen is in the refrigerator. And she's... Yeah, that's she's, a good point. She's literally freezing her ass off because she's sitting on a nice block. And she's not wearing, wearing pants. Uh, she's wearing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> so she's essentially bare ass on an ice cube. She's bare ass on an ice cube. She's the only one who felt passionate enough to bring 
uh, Frosty to the North Pole. Right, and never minding the fact that they had to go to fucking school on Christmas Eve. Yeah. She's should be with her family. <laughs> it's nighttime. But yet she's she, the one person who's like, whatever. It's she's cool. like, it's okay. I got nowhere to be. And oh, yeah. she's going to go get on a train yep. with a deranged a magician and a, a hunk of snow. And a rabbit. And a ra- hocus, that's right, hocus. hocus the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to drive into the woods looking for the North Pole. She's going to leave the continent. Yeah. Because she doesn't have $3,000. But there's a random stop that happens. Right. And they jump off and then the train starts and the magician is like, hey, no, you can't. You You tricked me. Yeah, you tricked me. No, we didn't know you were here. You crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't trick you into anything. If anything, you're trying to kill us. Yeah. And we just jumped off early to our benefit. Yeah, you're really scary person yeah and so he eventually jumps off and falls down a cliff which sounds like a million pots and pans ba- that's banging right. against that's right. each other yeah slams into a tree and then the snow falls on him which also for some reason sounds like pots and pans yep <laughs> like it should just be like foof, foof, foof. every time uh every time he is moved like cards and uh, casino coins fly out of his <laughs> sleeves. Out of his, yeah. <laughs> like he's just got all these tricks just stocked up. Yeah. But he can't do a simple trick to please a bunch of kids. Not a single trick. Right. So, okay. So they find but a greenhouse. But so magic. They find a greenhouse. Yeah. And I guess it's to warm up Karen. They get, first of all, they get animals to light a fire. Right. Like you do. Right. And they do. And she's yep. like, okay, I'm super warm. Sitting in the snow again with no pants on. Yep. In a dress. Yep. Uh, and then Frosty like picks her up and he's like, okay, we're good to go. This is before he says like, oh, we got to find you a fire sooner. You're going to be a goner, but I right. can't make you a fire. So like, hopefully we find something else. In other words, conceding, yeah, you might die. Right. But like, I can't start a fire. Yeah. Although I'm a fucking fictional being. So they go to the greenhouse, even though it's nighttime, it's really hot in the greenhouse. And <laughs> yeah, super hot. And he starts to melt very quickly. He's going to make a splash. And then Professor Hinkle locks them in the greenhouse. He sure does. Effectively murdering Frosty. Yeah. And in Fro- front of his friend Karen. And Frosty dies. And Karen starts to weep openly. Yeah. And, and me, all along, they're waiting for Santa to come. Right. Because Santa's basically the only person that can save them. And then, sure enough, he shows up with four reindeer. Four reindeer. <laughs> and... He uh, and he explains something about how Frosty is always with you because for a Christmas snow is a, is a special kind of snow. Well, again, to backtrack, he he lands by Hocus the rabbit, right? And the rabbit explains to him because right. he speaks fluent rabbit. Yes, which is the best line Remarkable. in the entire show. Yes, uh, which like really thinned everything out for me and and made me enjoy the whole special more the fact that santa speaks fluent rabbit I was yes like, okay they're having some fun with this and so he's able to comfort karen he tells professor hinkle that you've been a very naughty magician and if you're nice maybe there'll be something under your your tree tomorrow morning and yep. professor hinkle buys it yeah the sap goes for it <laughs> yeah and then karen feels better because because frosty comes back to life and here's what's interesting to me frosty comes back with the memories of it's this is the same frosty comes back that is something that we talked about is he gonna be the same guy here right now like he have to relearn karen he, he's gonna have the memories because he says happy birthday which is ostensibly his his my hard drive's been wiped over. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy that we picked up on the same things but no he was in fact the same guy okay i've got a couple of observations i want to make when yeah. they're building 
the snowman originally in the schoolyard. Yeah. Uh, Harold. Yeah. Rolf. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> oh, and, I did not and, know that. And oatmeal are all better names for a snowman than Frosty. I thought oatmeal was good. Oatmeal? Right. I thought you were naming the, the names of the kids. And then once you got to oatmeal. Harold, was... Rolf, Chris, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. And oatmeal. All better names for us. And then, then she's like, what about Frosty? And they're like, that's it. You're a genius, <laughs> you Karen. nailed it. <laughs> Harold wasn't good enough? Yeah, Harold was good enough. It was perfectly good. I think so, too. I was a big fan of Frosty Returns when I was a kid. Okay. Which starred John Goodman as Frosty. Oh, wow. It was like, it probably was made in the 80s or the 90s. Like, yeah. it was it was much more modern. And it had, it had like an environmental skew to it. Like, it was about... It was a, it's a different girl. Like it's not Karen anymore. It's some other kid who like is excited about the winter carnival in her town. And there's this evil corporation, Mr. Burns type guy who has invented summer breeze, which is a, an aerosol spray that gets rid of snow. So you don't have to shovel anymore. Oh my God. But it's not environmentally friendly and it's lethal to frosties. Wow. And so there's there's a really good song called Let There Be Snow in, yeah. in Frosty Returns. All right. And he's uh, John Goodman's kind of letting it loose a little bit on the vocals. Yeah, he sings in it. Do you remember there was like a time where John Goodman only, like e- even in his voiceovers, he would just play fat guys? Like he played uh, <laughs> he played Sully in Monsters, Inc. Yeah. He played Pacha in uh, Emperor's New Groove. He only played guys who he could play in real life. I did not know he had any involvement in Emperor's, Emperor's New he Groove. He was Pacha. Pacha. Yeah. Okay. That uh, that movie, although I know you're saying it like, Pacha, like you got to know this. I have yeah. never seen that movie. It seemed funny. You're kidding David me. David Spade, the lead. Emperor's New Groove is the great Disney movie of our generation. Really? It's so good. Should I go back and watch? I remember seeing the trailers and telling my friends, this movie looks really funny. It's still funny. It's still funny. Yes. Okay. It's so... And Patrick Warburton. Yeah. And uh, Eartha Kitt. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. My brother and I still quote lines from Emperor's New Groove. I should maybe try to find it. The songs are good. You need to text me to remind me tomorrow to watch Emperor's New Groove. That's right. Now is the time of the year that I can do that. Yeah, you have some time in your hands. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That's amazing. Uh, okay, I think that's really all. I They couldn't draw four more reindeer. They ran out of ink yeah. after four reindeer. Why four reindeer? And also, I watched the uh, the Christmas Chronicles. Did you oh, watch we that? watched the Christmas Chronicles. Did you? I watched it two nights ago. What did you think about it? I, okay, this is what I thought. It... This is this is this movie is a great example for why the Netflix movie is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Because if I paid money to see that in theaters, I would have been pissed. It. But because it was Netflix, and we're just like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Really, all right. You're like, it, it was a really, all really right kind of passable. The the daughter in it was really charming, as much of a dick as the older brother was. He came around. He came around, and, and he knew he was going. To. There was a dad story in there that made there, me tear up at the there, end with the ball on the tree. Yes, kind of welled up, saying, "I'm proud of you." Uh, Kurt Russell is great. Kurt he, Russell's is really good. He's I, great as like modern Santa. Wasn't it good that they kind of took it off the tracks a bit and said, no, I don't do the ho, ho, ho thing. No, yeah. I'm not fat. Yeah. Like, well, cool. This is an original story a little bit. I thought so too. At the end, I liked that the whole premise of it was, oh, like you didn't need the hat to fly. I loved that. Good twist. Because like he should just be able to fly. He's immortal. It's I not didn't, his suit that's immortal. I didn't like the elves. 
I don't know why they were vermin. That was really weird. They were yeah. like Furbies, basically. Yeah. They were like Scandinavian Furbies that spoke their own language. And I realize it's a tough time and you got to work when you got to work. But your kids are having their first Christmas without their dad. And you're going to go to work. Maybe maybe move your shift, mom. Yeah. Maybe yeah. shuffle some things around. Yeah. This is a pretty sensitive time. Right. <laughs> And you know that if it weren't for the sake of like, okay, well, we need to get these two kids alone. Like it should have at least been like a, oh my God, I just got called in. There was like a fucking suicide attack on something. (laughs) It couldn't be so dark. There's no reason that I shouldn't be going in right now. You guys just got to watch out for each other. Yeah. That was the point where I was like, "Mm, that's a little bit weird. Um, We enjoyed the Christmas Chronicles. It was, it was decent. Not bad. You know what kind of took me out of it? What? Was the... The jailhouse Stephen Van Zandt. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, was the, who was the other guy? I don't know. The other guy was also a famous classic rock guy. Is he? I okay. think. He's probably like he the like guitarist from Journey or something. Probably something like that. Maybe he's like Joe Perry from uh, from Aerosmith. Yeah. Maybe Honestly, it was. like that's that was a great guess by me. And it was a great guess, and maybe it's it probably was. Joe Perry. It might have been Joe Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea though. That's pretty good. We should look it up after because I I I feel like sixty percent sure that I'm right. Okay, yeah. So the other thing about Santa and Frosty is that he uh, the kids were not phased at all by Santa. <laughs> we got right back into like the well, this that wasn't done. Like he they were really into the fact that their their Frosty came to life and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But Santa comes around and Karen's still crying. She's kind of like she doesn't even she never says like wait are you Santa? She's yeah. just like but Frosty. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the Santa in this was a lot more compassionate than the Santa in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Isn't that the truth? And it was only five years later. And a perfect time for a transition if I ever heard one. I think so. All right. I'm looking up uh, Christmas Chronicles right now for... uh, Who the guitarist was. For who the guitarist was. I wonder if they're maybe even... They might not even be credited. Uh, Mark Ribbler, perhaps, might be the... He's... Right next to Stevie Van Zandt in the yeah, IMDb page. Maybe. I don't see Joe Perry anywhere here, but it okay. was a good guess. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not convinced it wasn't. Definitely of the same ilk. Oh, totally. And yeah. The same timeline. Somebody in the same kind, of, same that, kind of class. That Kurt Russell might just be friends with and text to say, hey, you want to be in this movie? We need a guitar yeah. player. Didn't you find it also kind of funny that he was playing like a, a Les Paul Squire? Or, no, a Les Paul... Uh, Epiphone yeah. version, like he wasn't playing a Gibson. He could have got a better guitar. Yeah, yeah, it was like, low budget. I, I think maybe he's he's like on contract with Epiphone or something. Maybe, or, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense that like, he wouldn't have. Marty McFly a drinks a lot of type. Pepsi in Back to the Future. And right, that was a, a definitely a That's spokesperson the, thing. That was probably to pay off like Nike the, uh, too. In fact, the Rickenbacker that he was playing or whatever it was. Yeah, he plays. I think he plays a Gibson. Oh, does he? When he plays Johnny B. Good. Like the big hollow body. Yeah. yeah. There were certain areas in the Christmas Chronicles where it was obvious they were budgeted. Like like the reindeer were not good. No, I was kind of surprised at uh, like how CGI-y they like were. Like the reindeer are better in the Santa Claus and that movie is 30 years old. Yeah. D- yeah, you're right. Because I think they were real. Yeah, maybe that was it. In front of a green screen or something. But, um, but did you notice um, besides the, oh, what was it? Started thinking about Sinterklaas. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, there are reindeer. 
I don't know. I lost it. Were you going to say Goldie Hawn turns up at the end? Spoiler. No, that was great. Yeah, I called it, though. I was good with that. As soon as they they were, like, not showing her face, I was like, this is going to be Goldie Hawn. I actually looked at the cast at the beginning of the movie because I was trying to, this is what I was going to get to, was the little girl in it. Do you remember what she was from? No. Big Little Lies. Oh. She was the cool daughter of... Shailene Woodley? uh, No. Nicole Kidman. um, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon and Adam Scott. Oh yeah, who was like super into music and was like always trying to. She was pretty good. I thought I kept thinking this kid's a good actor, but the script's not very Jen, good. Jen loved her because of how enthusiastic she was about yeah. Christmas. But we, it just made us hate the brother even more because she was like, "I think we should hang out more, Teddy Bear." Yeah, and he was like, "Screw you, never twerp. call me that." <laughs> and like basically like pushed her down on the ground. Yeah, he was. And then pretty... went out stealing cars. Yeah, they. I feel like they could have. They could have shown us that he is going down a bad path without making him steal cars. <laughs> yeah, steal cars, and then like she's gonna rat him out. Yeah, and she stops herself from doing it, and he also stops himself from saying that there's no Santa. So they're kind of like even on that. We decided that it's fun to view the Christmas Chronicles as if it is a origin story. Uh, it's a young biopic about director Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> start over. Because her name is Katie, and she loves. She shoots everything, right? She's always got her little camera. She's shooting everything, and she's got red hair. It just oh seems my like God. This is like that's a Reddit post if I've ever heard one. Yeah, you should watch the Christmas Chronicles as if the main character through the lens Katie of someday she directs the Hurt Locker that's and marries James Cameron. So good, and then divorces <laughs> James Cameron. Oh yeah. yeah, and beats him for the Oscar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then beats him in real life. That's right. With her fists. Should we go through Rudolph the Red-Nosed we Reindeer? definitely should. All right, you're going to recap uh, the only episode of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, Is okay. it called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys? That's I, a very long title. I think it's called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And there was an edit, and I can tell you about that. Okay. We might have talked about it already. Maybe I did. Okay. I don't know. To you? Okay. Oh, you told me about it off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring that up again on the podcast. Right. Um, but yes, I think it's just originally was called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay, you can recap that for us in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was born. He's Donner's son. Uh, <laughs> he has a red nose and is a reject. His parents don't like him. He flies, and then people learn that he has a red nose and, and ostracize him. Meanwhile, Hermie the elf also is wanting to be a dentist, so he's a misfit. They meet up with Yukon <laughs> Cornelius when they both try to run away. Yukon right. Cornelius uh, kills the abominable snowman, brings him back, saves the misfit toys that they run into earlier in the show, and uh, Santa's the kind of the hero in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of the hero. I only had 30 seconds. I really don't think Santa's, Santa's the hero at all. Santa's was, a nightmare. That's an hour-long show. Santa's, so. a, Santa's a monster in this special. He's not good. He has as much of a bully as all of the other reindeer, including Donner, who is the father of Rudolph in the, this story. Who's And then the, the boss of the elves is essentially gay-bashing... <laughs> Hermie. Yeah. Like, that is really the vibe that you're supposed yeah. to get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, he's a drill sergeant. Yeah. He's mean. My fa- And I, I don't want to, like, spoil it too much because it goes, to, not a spoiler, but, like, we go to, we kind of jump to the end a little bit. But you're right. He wants to be a dentist. And that resolves with uh, the leader of the elves. What's his name? Like, I don't know. It Doesn't, feels like Bruce or something. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce, is, he says to Hermie, okay, next week you can open your dental practice. 
And that's all it took. And because he has a toothache. Right. And he goes, I've got an opening next Tuesday at 4.30. Right. It's like, well, you're already packed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you need to wait. Well, this is the thing. Like, it's only okay now that you need him, which yeah. is exactly the same thing with Santa because right down to, like, he's like, apologize to Rudolph for being mean. Yeah. And he's going to accept him. But then Rudolph's nose goes off and Santa's like, oh, your fucking nose. And then he's like, Oh, oh, your nose. So he's still irritated by who Rudolph is yeah. by birth yeah. until he has a use for him. And why is he why is he not fat until right before they fly? It's she this, feeds him once and he's like It's this weird B C plot in this movie where he's like rake thin <laughs> and his pants are too big and Mrs. Claus is insistent that people want a fat uh, Santa. Let's call her Mama. Mama <laughs> a la Mike Pence. Yeah. And uh you're right. Then, then I guess because he's depressed and worried. <laughs> yeah, like is this? Are, are people really supposed to read into like, oh, Santa's so depressed and worried? It's a little and much. Anxious that uh, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. The other thing is like this: the song uh, "Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer" was was written uh, by Johnny Marks for Montgomery Ward yeah. in like the '30s, and it was popularized by Gene Autry 30 years before this special took place. So it was like well-established. Everybody knows this song. Yeah. And so if they were going to make a story, make a movie based on the story that takes place within the song, like with Frosty the Snowman, and they had to add stuff to make it fill a 30-minute block. Yeah. They essentially told the story of Frosty the Snowman. They really didn't tell the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer until the last two minutes. Yeah. It was really an afterthought that, oh, the weather's bad. It was It was more of an origin story, like like how Frosty grew up before he became the hero that he is supposed to be. Yep. Like, That's right. Here are the characteristics that he grew out of like uh, the trials and tribulations. Now, uh, Cornel Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> what a man. What a bear. He is he you're right, he licks his knife. He so he licks his yeah, he licks his big ice pick. Mm-hmm. Um he is whipping his dogs, who yep. are a variety <laughs> of dogs. I don't know if you look there was a wiener dog. Yeah, a cocker spaniel there in there. Cocker spaniel. There's like a Bernie's mountain dog with a yep. big like barrel. Um anyway, so he was like whipping the dogs at one point and then he's like oh heck i'll just do it and he like starts <laughs> running and then the dogs jump on the sleigh behind him and he keeps running that was funny yep he's got a pistol um he literally comes upon a talking so like here's where here's what i don't understand okay he comes upon a talking elf and uh reindeer yep. that hide themselves in the snow he pulls them out He's like, what are you guys doing? I'm looking for gold. You're coming with me. And they're like, we don't want to come with you. He's like, uh, well, just do it. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you realize that apparently it's canon for Yukon Cornelius to understand that there are talking animals yep. outside. He's of, just on board. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, well, okay, cool. We're, we're good for it. Oh, hey, there's a humble bumble, mm-hmm. which he's talking about the abominable snowman, right. which he, for some reason contracts to humble bumble we're supposed to understand that yeah uh and brings the abominable snowman out to the ocean because he's like he's only got one weakness and he just like chips off some ice they float out and that's his explanation of like he can't swim and the abominable snowman goes under and for a second you're like did the abominable snowman just die in this moment yeah and then he just kind of like climbs out and he's like, hey, hey, come on. Well, and like there's lots of violence involving the abominable snowman because later on he hits 
Rudolph over the head with like a stalagmite from the cave. He yeah. hits him with the rock. And totally. then a Pulls moment later, <laughs> that's right. And a moment later, they drop a rock on the abominable snowman. And then they just like tame the abominable snowman. Yeah. Yeah. Like as if put he the could, star on the tree. As if he couldn't just rip their arms out of their. Okay. A couple <laughs> things. So he goes, okay, he's got no teeth. Now's the perfect time to attack. He starts pushing him over a cliff. And goes down with him over the cliff. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, my God, Yukon Cornelius is dead. This is awful. <laughs> yep, that's right. They go ahead and go back to You're Santa right. Claus they move headquarters. On. They find the parents. That's Everything's happy. Um, but they're obviously missing their friends. Yukon Cornelius struts in the front door with the tamed Humble Bumble himself. Right. right. And says, one thing you didn't know is that this was a bouncy bumble right. when they're like, Hey, we saw you like go down to the cliff. And he's like, yeah. it was a bouncy bumble. He bounces. <laughs> Meaning like you fell on top of him and you both just bounced off the bottom of this canyon. I got to admit, I didn't, didn't understand that at all. Yeah. No, they were fine. Yeah. They were totally fine. He was a bouncy bumble. Okay. Yeah. I bumble don't know. Meaning abominable did, snowman. Did you, did you watch this special ever before? Never before. I don't think I'd seen it before today. No. Oh, really? I don't think so. I thought I did, yeah. but I don't think I'd seen it before today. And one of the ways I know is I watch Elf every year yep. and I never knew how much Elf leans on Rudolph. Totally. I knew like a little bit that the North Pole was based on Rudolph, but like I never even really realized that the Elf costume is based Hardcore on this special. I didn't know that either. Uh, and like the getting on a, a an ice thing and floating away. Yes. Also, Sam the Snowman, who is played by Burl Ives, yeah, looks exactly like the Snowman in Elf, who's played by Leon Redbone. Right. Who's kind of just like gliding across the snow. Yeah. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Right. I forgot about that. And how off? How awesome was uh, the Burl Ives narrating the whole thing? Mm. And also, like at certain points, he would just say like. Oh no, here it comes and like lift an umbrella. <laughs> and you're like, what is that because of the sun? Like, I guess. I don't really know why he's doing this. I don't know if I was impressed by the puppeteering of it yeah. or if I was horrified by it. Probably horrified by it. Yeah. There's all this like lore about how the puppets all got destroyed and damaged, yeah. but there are some copies that were originally owned by General Electric who produced this okay. that were just like discovered last year. No like, way. in fact, Frosty, I, I forgot to mention this. There was another interesting reveal about the Frosty special. Um, so the original broadcast of Frosty the Snowman, the voice actor who played the teacher also played Karen and all the kids. So oh. this, this woman, Okay. And that was just in the original broadcast in 1968. Yeah. And then in uh, later airings, like in the 70s, yeah. pretty soon after, they recast it. They recast all the kids, including Karen, and they left the credits original. So for decades, nobody knew who these kids were oh, who played all the kids wow. who were like, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> nobody knew who those kids were. Until last year, literally Christmas 2017, it was revealed that the same actor who played Susan in the original Miracle on 34th Street played Karen in Frosty the Snowman. Now, do you know, okay, so first of all, the two people that played our main characters, or our narrators in these two stories. Jimmy Durante and Burl Ives. Burl Ives. Have yeah. you seen a picture of Burl Ives? I think so. 
Okay, so let's take a look at them. I'm about okay. to just like gauge your reaction off of what Burl Ives looks like based off the voice. Oh boy. He, well, he looks exactly like the Snowman. Yeah. He's based on the look, right? Well, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Like yeah. they they started back then doing, you know, doing work into maybe drawing the actor for maybe drawing the character first and then finding the voice actor. Uh I think maybe Maybe the they opposite. knew they wanted to use the music of Burl Ives. Like, I think they probably set out to, to he might have been a producer on the show. Now, what was the the narrator in um, Frosty? Jimmy Durante. Durante. And like they had his likeness uh, animated in Frosty as well. Yes. Now, let's look at a picture of him. Okay. He's just such yeah. an old guy. He, he is. That's an old picture, but that does look like the narrator in Frosty. Yeah. If he were younger. He's, he looks like a, a man who's so happy no matter how old he got. Now, here's a, an a even younger picture of him that you'll see and be like, oh, no, he's still like 89 yeah. he's, years old. He was one of those eternally old people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. Is the message of this Rudolph special that it's not good to be different? Because that's what some people are saying these days. It's almost it, like it's not good to be different unless you can prove that being different is beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Exactly. Like that, I think that's the best way of boiling it down. And there's this horrible song about being a misfit. A misfit. They, <laughs> they say it so stupidly. And you're right. They, they just kind of commodify their misfitness. I think the misfit toys was okay. Like he was a Charlie in a box. I found that kind of charming rather than a Jack in a box. I like, guess no kid oh. wants a Charlie in the box. I don't think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, for some reason, like the toy factory got it mixed up and he's, yeah. he's a cowboy on an ostrich. Right. I found that funny. Yeah. Like I found it funny that any of these things would actually happen. Yeah. Like they were all errors in the toy making <laughs> process. Oh God, I put a pig nose on the elephant. No, so, we're screwed. So speaking of the Island of Misfit Toys, you had a factoid about that. So that was that originally the Island of Misfit Toys did not it existed in the in the movie. They visit it, yep. and then he's like, "You got to come back and help us." And then they just kind of resolve Christmas and never go back. They to don't finish that storyline, which is why there are two lengths for this special. It's forty one minutes and fifty one minutes. Really? Yeah. So the fifty one minute version, which we both watched. Yeah. Oh, um, did we ever resolved resolved <laughs> that part of it? Where Santa makes a point of going to the island of misfit toys and picking up all the toys. Although, really, like. They're like, I'm sure kids would like these toys too. And really, like, would they? Yeah, no. No, probably not. No, probably not. It's not the toys they asked for. When Rudolph ultimately guides the sleigh tonight, yeah. he guides six other reindeer. Yeah. So why do both of these specials have such a hard time animating eight tiny reindeer? It couldn't be clearer, for Christ's Donner sake. Donner is his dad. Yep. Why isn't Donner can't make it? And by the way, <laughs> uh, Donner is something that uh, has been heavily Americanized. The original version, his name is Dunder. Dunder. And it's, Blick, it's Blixim. Ah. It's Dunder and Blixim. I don't know if it's a German song originally, like I'm Rudolph, the Red Nosed Reindeer, is probably a German right. character. But for some reason, we've changed those names to Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> that would. God, we're whitewashing this whole thing. I know. That's really the main issue here. With a country that traditionally would never like being whitewashed. No, I know. <laughs> if anything, would want to diversify, especially yeah, yeah, back then. Yeah. Is that all we have to say about, about these two specials? <laughs> Maybe. 
Who knows? <laughs> we could probably talk about it for days, honestly. You're probably right. It was fun. It was. They were fun to watch. I I enjoy watching Frosty. I try and watch that one every year. Do you? Yeah. This was the first time I've watched both of them. You'd never seen Frosty before? No. Jen, That's interesting I think I've to watched me. both. That's interesting to me because... I can appreciate that Frosty's kind of stupid too, but I find it more forgivable because I've always watched it. Totally. Like, I, I felt like they were leaning a little bit more into the issues with it. <laughs> okay. Well, Santa coming down, talking to the rabbit, and yeah. it was no issue because Santa speaks fluent rabbit. Right, okay. I th- like, that to me is really funny. The the It had a sense of irony, right? Like, totally. it was kind of aware of how stupid it was. Totally. Yeah. Like, when the, when the professor... He, he, <laughs> like identifies himself as being an evil professor, yes. an evil magician. Right. Like, yeah, no, that's that, at that point. I it forgive every kind other kind of self-aware. And also like the animation was pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It, it was, was only 25 minutes of your time. It was only 25 minutes. Yeah. And they got through so many things so quick. It's, it's so neat that something. So uh, what, what did you say? What a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me, <laughs> I think was so good. Like he was always a nice guy. He was just waiting to come alive. Exactly. He was just floating out there. Yeah. But like he Body was just snatching. floating out there. It just snowed that day. Yeah. How long had he been alive for? Had there been many other iterations of Frosty? I don't think so because he still doesn't know what a lamppost is. Doesn't know what a lamppost is, but they rebuild him and he remembers He's still sentient. That's right. It's amazing. Unless his batteries die, in which case you have to reset your car radio. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he carries on his memory. I feel like the half hour Christmas special has kind of gone away. And maybe because it was like a Christmas thing. Yeah. But like I've talked before on this podcast and other Christmas episodes about how my my real favorite was called Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree. And it starred Robert Downey Jr. coked out of his fucking gourd. And Leslie Nielsen and Stalker Channing and Kermit the Frog. Yeah, can I find this? It's on YouTube. Yeah. I watched it last night. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I've never had such a such enough like such a confident answer. Such a confident <laughs> answer. Such a quick confirmation. I promise you'll find it. Yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. It's 25 minutes long. It's from the 90s. Nobody knows it exists. You've oh, never heard of it other, otherwise from me. Can I then share it to the world? Sure you can. Yeah, but Amazing. like it's this thing that started all these famous people and it was involved uh it involved the like the Henson company yeah they made this thing for you know ABC at 8 p.m. for kids to watch they probably promoted it for a few days leading up to it it aired once and then it went away why Robert Downey Jr. I don't know <laughs> what made him the guy they went to at that point I mean he had been in like less than zero and he had done maybe not Chaplin yet I guess was but, less than zero what was that it's like a movie. It was based on a, a Bret Easton Ellis book. Okay. Because there was an Elton John like uh, best of album, I think, called Less Than Zero. Maybe. Less Than Zero? Colder Than Zero? Oh, maybe Colder Than Zero. No, I think it's Less Than Zero. Anyway, Robert Downey Jr. was like a young actor. He's been yeah. famous for a very long Who time. Who was on SNL for one Yeah, in, in famously the, the worst ever year. Yeah. Was that the Dick Ebersol year? Uh, maybe, but <clears throat> wasn't Julia Louis-Dreyfus also in that season? Maybe. I think she was. Maybe. But, like, I think if you look back now, you'd be like, that cast was actually kind of stacked, but... Yeah, it was not... Fa- I don't imagine SNL was a very healthy environment for a guy like Robert Downey Jr. in right. the 80s. Yeah. But he plays like this... It's the weirdest thing. Becky and I were talking. It helps to have seen it, but he plays like this jovial, Christmas-loving uh, millionaire who like lives in the woods. Oh. And in hindsight, he was probably my age. 
He was probably like 27 or 28, like yeah. playing this jolly old rich guy who lives in, like he craves the perfect Christmas tree. But like his his servants are Stalker Channing and Leslie Nielsen. Really? Yeah. So who's Stalker Channing again? She's uh, she's from Greece. She's Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. That, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, also Rizzo. the mom in, in Mrs. Doubtfire. No, that's Sally Field. Sally Field is who I'm thinking of. Stalker, Stalker Channing was, was Rizzo in, in Greece, and she was... Uh, the president's wife in the West Wing. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. wow! I didn't know that Rizzo but, went on to have such a oh yeah, she's been around. Career. She's been around. She's Swedish in Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree. She has <laughs> a heavy Swedish accent. Does she pull it off? Yeah, no. no. But she has a song. <laughs> she sings a song. No, that's that's the thing. It's like this original song in it that's really good. Big fan over here. Man, I'm watching this tonight. I'll send it to you. I'll link it to you. You should. It's 25 minutes of your time. Okay. Less maybe. If you don't, if you don't send it to me, I'm just going to find it. What so. is the other thing that we said you had to look up? Oh, what is it? <laughs> I'll listen back to this That's podcast. A real brain buster and let you point. know. How long? Are we on two hours yet? Uh, no, like we're past the 90 minute mark though. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. You took a pee break, so I'll have to That's right. subtract I'll that. Take that out. Well, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. This has been a special treat. This was fun. This was a different one. I feel like we should do this every year. Okay. This was a good one. All right, great. Uh, do we have any Will Smith facts? Sure, sure we do. All right. You want to introduce it? So the first image of characters from from Aladdin came out. Yeah. The cover of I think Entertainment Weekly, and I'm we've familiar. seen we've seen uh, Will Smith as the genie. Yeah. Now some people are like a little concerned about what they see, and he has assured fans that the genie will in fact be blue in this movie. We don't know what that means. In the picture we've seen, he is not. He's not blue. Uh, but he assures fans the genie will be blue. I feel like there's just going to be like a, or maybe he's just lying to us, or maybe sure. there's going to be like a, a like hue, or a blue hue. Yeah, there might be a glow. Yeah. A subtle blue glow. But that's glow. not blue. Nope. Nope, that's just Will Smith. He's lying about colors. It now. would appear he's lying to our faces. Like the same day a picture came out, <laughs> he's like, he says something completely this is opposite. Blue. He's just <laughs> gaslighting us. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's making us feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He totally is gaslighting us at this point. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Merry Christmas. Merry Holiday. Christmas.